Welcome back, everybody, to Prescribing Truth. I'm Jamal Banny, the one who seeks to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribe.truth at gmail.com, or you can call me at 801-980-6333. Um, this podcast is available on YouTube Live on 6 p.m. on Sundays, Eastern Standard Time. And also, you can catch us on various podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitch Radio, and Google Play. If you'd like to leave a review of the show, I greatly appreciate it. You can do so on those iTunes apps, or you can leave comments on YouTube. I greatly appreciate it. I love hearing you guys' feedback. Um, tonight's show, I'm going to be trying to take my time as we go through this content. As you see the title, um, it is idolatry according to scripture, according to the Bible. We want to go through the word of God and, and just see where we see idolatry occur and the context uh, for where it occurs and what it's talking about. Uh, speaking of those things. Now, I've done a couple of videos on my channel dealing with idolatry. Um, I did one talked about how we need to be careful about idols in our own hearts. Um, and then I did another one talking about um, can we worship without intent? Um, that entails we're dealing with idolatry, so to speak. And so um, I feel it necessary to do this idolatry according to scripture, just doing a word study, uh, taking the time on this podcast to do a word study. And hopefully this would encourage you to do further study. Um, let this not be the end all be all to what you do and what you search for in the scriptures. Um, but let it be a start. Even if it was to start conversation, that'd be great as far as what is idolatry according to scripture. All right, so we're gonna be spending time in our eSword app. Um, I, I do recommend for you, for those of you who like to, um, who be on your computers a lot and you like to do a little study of the word, um, eSword is a great app to use on your computer. It's free. Um, I love using. I've been using it for the longest ever since I started Prescribe Truth, and I really do like it. So um, I would encourage you to get it if you um, on your mobile phone and you like to have like a where you can study the Greek and Hebrew and all that kind of stuff like that, along with the word. Um, there's a MySword app that you can use on your phone. Um, so I just want to throw that that little plug out there. No benefit to me. Just wanted to share with your resource that I like to use. All right. So with that being said, we're gonna we're gonna do a, a look at the word idolatry. All right. We're gonna uh, I'm gonna pull it up in my eSword app, do a Bible search to see how many times it occur. Um, the particular version I'm gonna be looking at is the ESV. Uh, I know some of you may re read the KJV or the NASB. Well, the eSword app it doesn't have the NASB for the free version. I have to purchase that. I ain't got the money to purchase that right now, so I got an ESV, all right? So that's what I'll be reading from, the English Standard Bible, or as, as some like to say, the elect Standard Bible. <laughs> all right, so in the eSword app, I'm going to be looking up idolatry. I'm going to do that right now. And I know those of you who are listening on the um, listening audio form, uh, you won't be able to see what I see. So I will be reading off what I can for you guys. And so I want you to be left out, all right? Trying to be mindful of those who are just listening versus watching a lie. According to Esau, now this, according to this, there are six places throughout the Bible where idolatry is there. Now, we're going to look at um, a couple words. We're going to look at idolatry. We're going to look at idol. And we're going to look at um, worship. That's, <laughs> that's why I say it's going to be a loaded um, podcast tonight. But I want to look at worship and idolater. Um, but we want to start off looking up idolatry. And we want to see where... Um, in the scriptures, does it show this this word and in the context for this word as far as gaining the meaning of what does God mean when he tells people not to commit idolatry? All right. We want to be clear according to what scripture teaches. 
and be consistent. All right. So the first appearance that we see here as far as the word idolatry, now this is just idolatry, not idol, but idolatry. Right. Which is the practice of worshiping idols. All right. So it says first um, Samuel 15, 23, for rebellion is as a sin of divination and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected you from being king. All right. So obviously it's dealing with King Saul and what happened to him is his idolatry and sin and sinfulness. Um, let's see here. We also have Ezekiel twenty three forty nine, and they shall return your lewdness upon you, and you shall bear the penalty of your sinful idolatry. And you should know that I am the Lord God. Then we then we go all the way to First Corinthians ten fourteen. Therefore, my beloved, free flee. I said free, <laughs> flee from idolatry. Galatians five twenty. As one of the works of the flesh, we have idolatry. All right. Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you? Now, I thought this was very interesting, this particular verse. So let's look at this. Uh, Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Hmm. I always thought it was, I just thought it was interesting how Paul gives us these things that we should put to death in us. And he names these sins, and then he says that they are idolatry, covetousness, which is idolatry. All right, just something to think about for a moment as we continue to go through. First um, Peter four three, for the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. So there's no secret that the Bible is explicitly clear that idolatry is evil, is wicked, and Christians, we should be abstaining from and fleeing from idolatry. There should not be any idols named among you. There should not be a charge that can be laid against you for idolatry. All right. Matter of fact, there's a scripture that tells people that if there's a brother who's named among you and who's guilty of idolatry and who practices idolatry, that we should not even eat with them. So the Bible is completely clear that we are to flee from idolatry. Now, I wanted to look at not only this was dealing with idols. Yes. Dealing with idols. Now, I want to. So this is looking at idolatry. I'm going to say this one more time before I move on to idols. Because now, according to the ESV, or according to this, this Bible app that I'm using, um, idolatry, the word idolatry um, is found six times in the scriptures. Now, that may be a, um, different underlying Greek words, but it's basically the same root. But there's six times it's found in the Bible as far as the word idolatry. And every time it's found, it's nowhere good, nowhere where we should feel comfortable with this, right? So the charge of someone committing idolatry, especially a believer, is very, very serious and should not be taken lightly. All right. Once again, the Bible tells us there's a brother. If there's somebody who names himself a brother, brother meaning that they claim to be a Christian and they are practicing idolatry, just like some other sins that were listed, like sexual immorality and so and so on and so forth, then we should not even eat with such a one. All right. So we shouldn't even fellowship with them. We treat them like unbelievers. It's very serious. And so we, we don't want to take, take this situation lightly or this um, topic lightly. We want to handle it with care. But we want to just give what the scriptures teach concerning idolatry. All right. Now, idolatry, by definition, it means image worship. That's what it means. Image worship. 
And it's interesting to me, and this is why it was interesting to me that Colossians 3, 5 says what it says, because the Greek word means image worship. Yet, three, uh, Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And what I'm seeing is that even though the definition says image worship, this image can be anything, anything that we worship other than God. And I can understand why covetousness is idolatry, because what is covetousness? Something that you desire, you want, you you want so bad to have and it doesn't belong to you, but you you idolize it. That's covetousness. All right. But evil desire as well. It's rooted in, in idolatry. This passion, when it says passion, these are talking about things like sexual desires that are ungodly. All right. Impurity, sexual immorality. All these things are wicked. And if you do those things, if you are given to those things, then what you're doing is you're idolizing self. You're wanting to satisfy yourself opposed to pleasing God and satisfying God. And when you do that, you are committing idolatry. I talked about this in a video I did weeks ago. I think it was in May I did that um, that podcast. We're talking about how we have idols in our heart. We have to be careful, be mindful of the idols in our hearts, those things that we desire and want that are against what God will want us to have and God wants us to do. But yet we put those desires above what he commands. All right. And it's clear what God commands concerning sin. All right, so anything you put above God is an idol, and it's clear. All right? So I just thought that was interesting. So that's the Greek word there for idolatry. And I'm going to I'll spell out the um, the phonetic version of it. It's I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-I-R-I-A-H. Let me repeat that because I said it wrong towards the end. I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-I-A-H. A H. All right. So, so that's how it's spelled out for the phonetics or how we learn how to say the word. All right. So the next word I want to look up is idol. Now, it's from my understanding as I read scripture that an idol is something that is made for the purpose of worship. Right. Now, we know that because things that are made or creation itself can be an idol. All right. So basically anything that we esteem above God or worship is an idol. But when it comes to things in the scriptures that people possess, that um, kings would go and get rid of and destroy, they were things that people purposely set up to be worshipped. That was the purpose of those things to be to be worshipped. They wasn't set there to be a decoration. They wasn't set there just to make everything look nice. They were set there for a reason. They were made for a reason. And the reason for them being made was to worship them. All right. And, oh, you know what? Before I go into idol, before I go into idol, I want to look up some scriptures real quick. I want to look up uh, Deuteronomy 12. And we're going to look at verses 2 through 6. Deuteronomy 12, 2 through 6. Now, this is dealing with idols. I know we said we're going to look at um, different uh, uh, scriptures where they have idols in there. But we're going to talk about where God has told them to go in and um destroy these idols and this is also dealing with worship okay so i'm kind of kind of going ahead of myself a little bit but that's fine so we'll look at this verse and not go into the looking of idols it says Deuteronomy 12 verse 2 
you shall surely destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispose or dispossess serve their gods. All right. On the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree, you shall tear down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and burn their ashram with fire. You shall chop down the carved images of their gods and destroy their name out of that place. You shall not worship the Lord, your God, in that way. All right. But you, I said, I said two, six, but you shall, is verse five, but you shall seek the place that the Lord, your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. There you shall go. And there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the contribution that you present, your vow offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. All right, so here, these people have a place that they worship, that they worship their, these, false, uh, these false gods, these idols. And they are told to go and to destroy all these idols, destroy them. Everything that was used for worship of these false gods, get rid of them, tear them down. The pillars, the, the, the um, burn the ashram, which was an idol, um, chop down the carved images of their gods and destroy the name out of that place. So get rid of their gods. But these idols were something that people once was there actually idolizing, actually worshiping. Now, it wasn't figurative. It wasn't um, implied. They actually worship these gods. OK, the people who worship these gods, they actually believe these gods existed. There was no question in their mind that they believe that their gods, this ashram and these false cars, carved images actually was a god. They believe that they worshiped it. They served it. All right. And they're told to go in and make sure that they get rid of all those things, destroy them, destroy them out of the place. And the Lord says, do not worship your God in that way. All right. So in the way that they worship them. So how was they worshiping their particular idols? They had carved images in representation of their gods. They had pillars for their gods dedicated to their gods. The ashram is an, was an idol, an actual idol that they worshiped. All right. A female goddess, if I'm not mistaken, that they actually worshiped. All right. This is what they was there for. All right. And God says, you do not worship me in that way. Well, that goes in line with God says in the commandments not to make any graven image of anything in the heavens or in the earth to worship it. That goes against the second commandment. So it makes sense that this is what he's talking about. You do not worship me in that way. Um, some would say that when God says this words or says something like this in another particular passage that he's speaking about everything that they did concerning their gods, you don't do. And so, but my thing is that would, and that can't be the case. And the reason why is that would take out prayer because God tells us to pray to him, but people pray to their gods. So should we not pray to our God? And I'm not, that's not trying to argue a straw man, but it's just being clear. It's like, there are specific things that God is telling them you do not do. And that was one of them that was against God's commandment towards them. All right. You do not worship me in that way. You do not make carved images in my name and for my glory. You do not do that. You do not dedicate these things to me in that way. All right. You do not worship me that way. All right. So that was dealing with worship. And that's one of, I've got some more uh, verses I'm going to go into dealing with worship as far as what God commands. Um, let's look at idols. 
All right, so we got a scripture. Um, second, I want to say this Second Chronicles. Yep, Second Chronicles thirty three seven, and it says, "And the carved image of the idol that he had made, he set in the house of God, of which God said to David and to Solomon his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever." So you have in this instance, in a particular um, scripture, that someone is putting a carved image, an idol that they made. They made it for the purpose of worship. This wasn't something that was bought in a store for the sake of decoration. This was something that was made for a purpose, made and set in the house of God, set in the temple for the purpose of worshiping alongside God, which was forbidden. It was just evil and wicked. It's idolatry. All right. That's 2 Chronicles 33, verse 7. All right. I'll put it up for you guys because we're going to look at verse 15 as well. Let's look at verse 30. Let's look at verse one. All right. It says Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places that his father had, um, Hezekiah had broken down. So he so he built up, rebuilt up those pillars and everything else that was built up for idols. He built them back up again and erected altars to the Baals or the Baals, however you pronounce that. So he brought those things back up, those things that were purposely made to worship those idols and made Asherah and worshiped all the hosts of heaven and served them. All right. So it wasn't that he just had something there that shouldn't have been. He actually had them there to worship them and serve them. All right. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord has said in Jerusalem shall my name be forever. So now he's, these idols are taking the place of God, of Yahweh. All right. He says, and he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he burned his sons. Look at what he did. And he burned his sons as an offering in the valley of the son of Hinnom, uh, Hinnom and used fortune telling and omens and sorcery and dealt with mediums and with necromancers. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. Was God angry? Like, look at what God was angry at. He rebuilt these, these things that were specifically made for worship of for false idols and then he sacrificed his children, sacrificed his sons to these false gods, to the hosts of heaven, as scripture says, and he worked and he served them. This was evil. This burned hot. This burned God angry. This made God angry. And then, then we go into verse seven and he and the carved image of the of the idol that which he made has set in the house of God um, and said to David, and to, uh, I'm sorry. House of God, of which God said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. And I will no more remove the foot of Israel from the land that I appointed for your fathers, if only they will be careful to do all that I have commanded them, all the law, the statutes, and the rules given through Moses. So obviously, he broke the law. Obviously, he broke the first and second commandment. But it was a purposeful thing. This man, Manasseh, did not stumble into idolatry. This was not ignorance. All right. He knew what he was doing. And every time we see in scripture where there's an idol and where there's idolatry committed, there isn't an ignorance. They know what they're doing. We know when we sin. We may not want to admit it. We may not want to confess. But we know when we're in sin. 
we know when we're putting things before God. We're not dumb. Now, especially if we're believers. Now, unbelievers do not care if they're sinning against God. That's that's clear. Unbelievers do not care if they're sinning against God. They're already doomed. Their hearts are darkened by sin. They can't submit to God because they're in the flesh. But those of us who have the spirit of God, the spirit of Yahweh in us, the Holy Spirit, we know when we're sinning. The Holy Spirit bears witness in us that we are sinning. All right. So this wasn't an accident. Um, let's start at verse 10 because it's talking about Manasseh's repentance. This is interesting. Verse 10, the Lord spoke to Manasseh and to his people, but they paid no attention. Therefore, the Lord brought upon them the commanders of the army of the king of Assyria, who captured Manasseh with hooks and bound him with chains of bronze and brought him to Babylon. And when he was in distress, he entreated the favor of the Lord, his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. He prayed to him, and God was moved by his entreaty and heard his plea. And brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Afterward, he built an, alt an outer wall for the city of David west of Gihon in the valley and for the entrance into the fish gate and carried it around Ophel and raised it to a very great height. He also put commanders of the army in all the fortified cities in Judah. Verse 15. And he took away the foreign gods. And the idol from the house of the Lord. So now he's removing it. Manasseh put the idols there to worship them. Then he was, then the Lord convicted him. He repented. And now he's taking them away from the house of the Lord. And all the altars that he had built on the mountain of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem. And he threw them outside of the city. He also restored the altar of the Lord and offered it on it a sacrifices of peace offerings and thanksgivings. And he commanded Judah to serve the Lord, the Lord, the, I'm sorry, the God of Israel. But then look what it says, verse 17. I, I didn't mean to go this far, y'all, but listen to this. Nevertheless, the people still sacrifice at the high places, but only to the Lord their God. Now, the rest of the acts of Manasseh and his prayer to his God and the words of the seers who spoke to him. In the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, they are in the chronicles of the kings of Israel. So after he done all those things, people still sacrificed at the high places, even though, but only to the Lord, their God. So, you know, they still sacrifice in that place where the high places were, were at. They only did it to the Lord. But look what happened with Manasseh, though. He had an idol. He, there was an idol that he made, a carved image and everything else that he had set up in the house of the Lord. And then the Lord brought his judgment upon him. Right. He turned. He turned and repented and then got rid of those things. But he didn't get rid of the things that he just had for decorations. He didn't get rid of the things that he just had for tradition. He got rid of things that he had to worship, to serve. They were legit idols. All right. No question. No mistake. Oh, next one was Isaiah 40, 19. God talks. He asks, to who will you compare me? He says, to whom then? Will you liken God or what likeness compare with him? That's verse 18. Verse 19 says, an idol, a craftsman cast it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and cast for his silver chains. Yes, this idol is something that a person made for the for the purpose of worship. These idols, as they talk about in the Old Testament. And this is just them in the Old Testament. Isaiah 40, 20 goes on to say he who. Um, he who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. 
like that. The people worshiping these things, they are made for the purpose of being worshiped. Isaiah 44, 10. And I'll start at verse 9. All who fashion idols are nothing. And I will notice that the word I'm looking at in the scripture is idol. I should have put idols. That would have gave me a bunch of uh, scripture. should have said idols. Anyway, we'll go. We'll continue. Um, all who fashion idols are nothing. And the things that delight in do not profit. Their witnesses neither see nor know that they may be put to shame. Who fashions a God or casts an idol that is profitable for nothing? Behold, all his companions shall be put to shame, and the craftsmen are only human. Let them all assemble. Let them stand forth. They shall be terrified. They shall be put to shame together. Let's continue to read that. The ironsmith takes a cutting tool, this verse 12, and works it over the coals. He fashions it with hammers and works it with the strong arm. He becomes hungry and his strength fails. He drinks no water and is faint. The carpenter stretches a line. He makes it out with a pencil. He shapes it with planes and makes uh, and marks it with a compass. He shapes it into the figure of a man with the beauty of a man to dwell in a house. He cuts down cedars or he chooses a cypress tree or an oak and lets it grow strong among the trees of the forest. He plants a cedar and the rain nourishes it. Then it becomes fuel for then it becomes fuel for a man, and he takes part of it and warms himself. He kindles a fire and bakes bread. Also, he makes a god and worships it. He makes it an idol and falls down before it. This is clear. The Bible is clear what idolatry is and what an idols are. Idols are not something you just have just because that serve no purpose that you that just take down with nothing. You don't have no care for. But he makes this. He you, he takes a tree. He takes a tree. He uses it for fuel. And then he out of that same tree, the whatever left of the logs, he makes an idol. And now he don't just make it and just put it on the shelf somewhere. This is to make a figurine. He makes it and falls down before it and worships it and serves it. All right. This is what he's doing with an idol, an idol. Now, on the point of reading these verses, if, if, if you can see the, the connection I'm trying to get you guys to see, is that every time the, the Old Testament mentions someone who has an idol, it is not something that is put without the purpose of worship. All right. I know some people will say when we're I know um, this thing dealing with Christmas as far as having a Christmas tree and all, all these things is like, well, you don't have to just fall down before it in order to worship. But the scriptures are clear that these things are worshiped or served. They are treated as if they can give something back to the individual who's serving it. All right. They're not just put up as decorations and, and carelessly taken care of and just bumped around and everything else. They care for these things. All right. Because they are idols. All right. So they were made for the purpose of it. All right. And everything that was torn down that God told Israel to tear down was something that people made for the purpose of worshiping. And they actively worshiped it, worshiped it. And it was those things that was taken out of the city or burned. All right. That's what the scriptures say. Let's look at um, Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk, if I pronounce it right, 2.18. Let's read some context. Um, let's start at verse four at 15. 
Woe to him who makes his neighbors drink. You pour out your wrath and make them drunk in order to gaze at their nakedness. You will have your fill of shame instead of glory. Drink yourself, drink yourself and show your uncircumcision. The cup of the Lord's right hand will come around to you and utter shame will come upon your glory. The violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, as will the destruction of the beasts that terrify them. For the blood of man and violence of the earth to cities and all who dwell in them. What profit is an idol when its maker has shaped it? A metal image, a teacher of lies for its maker trusts in his own creation. When he makes speechless idols, woe to him who says to a wooden thing, awake to a silent stone, arise. Can this teach? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver and there is no breath at all in it. But the Lord is in the in is is I'm sorry, but the Lord is in his holy temple that all the earth keeps silence before him. Now, this is something you can clearly read to somebody who worships the statue of Buddha, right? Woe to him who says it is stone, it's stone, arise. That's what Buddha is, a big piece of stone, carved stone, arise. Woe to him who trusts in his own creation. Is that what people are doing with a Christmas tree? Is that what they're doing with a reef? I can see if those things, if, if, we've went, if we went over to those who celebrate, those, celebrate and worship the tree, and we took that tree from them and then put it in our home and then served it, and worshipped it, even to have it. But that's not the case. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, man, my tree only cost me about, like, $35, you know. And, I mean, it's in the attic, stashed away, probably collecting dust. not being cared for. Nobody's serving it. It's, it's not treated as an idol. It's not being adored. It isn't adored. It's, you know, so, but in Scripture, an idol was something that was adored, that was worshipped, that was served. The Bible's clear of what an idol is. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 8, 4. And also, also context is going to start verse 1. Now, this is food offered to idols. Now, we're going to read something that Paul says I thought was very interesting that we should get into. And it says, now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as if he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. Amen. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many, quote unquote, gods and many, quote unquote, lords. Yet for us, there is one God, the father from whom are all things and for whom we exist with and one Lord, Jesus Christ through whom are all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Look at that. It's food offered to idols. People is serving these serving these idols, all right, offering food to these idols, still doing it during the time of the apostles. People still have have idols that they are worshiping and serving. I should look at the word definition. Um, well, not the definition. I should look at the word idols because that appears a whole lot in scripture. You see, idol appears only 16 times. But if I put idols, which is interesting, it appears 121 times. 
So <laughs> this this is is a app that I'm using is very direct, you know. So um, idols appear. The word idols appear 121 times in the Bible. All right, I want to take time to switch gears right now. If you want to support this ministry financially, you can do so by partnering me and joining me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth. Anywhere for, uh, from a dollar and up would be greatly appreciative as far as uh, helping me trying to right now currently get into a studio room. We're purchasing, purchasing supplies right now and trying to get this room set up so I can get out this dining room. And your contribution will be a great help. Um, if you want to just give a one-time donation, you can do so by um, giving a donation via Streamlabs. The link is in the description, and um, I greatly appreciate it as well. All right, so we're going to look at worship, all right? We're going to look at some things concerning worship. We looked at Deuteronomy 12, uh, 2 through 6. Um, that wasn't all in Deuteronomy 12. It was also uh, verses 29 through 32 that I want to look at. And so we're going to look at that now. So let's look at Deuteronomy 12, 29. All right. Now, what I like about this is that the title of this, it says, Warning Against Idolatry. I want to read a little bit before this. Let's start at verse 26. Um, but the holy things that are due from you and your vow offerings you shall take, and you shall go to the place that the Lord will choose. And offer your burnt offerings, the flesh and the blood, on the altar of the Lord your God. The blood of your sacrifices shall be poured out on the altar of the Lord your God, but the flesh you may eat. Be careful to obey all these words that I command you, that it may go well with you and with your children after you forever, when you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. Verse 29, when the Lord your God cuts off before you, the nations whom you go in to dispossess and you dispossess them and dwell in their land. Take care that you be not ensnared to follow them after they have been destroyed before you and that you do not inquire about their gods. So this ain't about um, tr trying to just get something to decorate, but this is talking about inquiring about someone's gods. Then there's a reason behind inquiring what it says that you do not inquire about their gods saying, how did these nations serve their gods that I may also do the same? All right. Now, what was the case with all these nations? And they, when they had their gods, they had idols. They worshiped their gods through idols, idols made for worship. I'm going to keep stressing that and beating a dead horse. The scripture is clear. We just read another verse where it talks about that. What happened with Manasseh? So this is clear. This is what they did. He says, you should not worship the Lord your God. Then God says, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. And then it says, then he gives a reason. For every abominable thing that the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. Remember Manasseh, what happened with him? What they had for their gods, they had these, they had all these graved images, carved images, these pillars and everything else that was carved out to, for worship to their idols. And that was a violation of the first and second commandment. So, of course, these are things that God hates. But even he even goes further than that. He says, for every abominable thing that the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. Then he gives another reason. That's what that word for is there for. He said he's, that word for is right there because he's giving a reason. He's going to give us a reason for why he's saying that. This is why I hated these things. This is what I hated. He says, for 
They even, and so we know that word even means this wasn't the only thing they did, but this is something that they also did that was wicked and evil before the Lord. He says, for they even burned their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. What happened with Manasseh when he had built up those altars and everything else? He sacrificed his sons on the altar. That's what Manasseh did. He did what was evil. He did what God hates. In the fire to their gods. Then in verse 32 says, everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You should not add to it or take away from it or take from it. All right. So we got to be clear. When we're talking about do not worship, do not worship God in the way that people worship idols. we got to be clear. The God is clear as far as what he means by that. When he says, don't worship me in that way, because they've done things that I hate. All right. Is does God hate prayer? No. Because we are called to pray to God. He wants us to pray to him. But guess what? Those people, those false worshipers, they they pray to their idols. So since they pray to their idols, do we not pray to God? No, that is crazy. We wouldn't say that. That would be a misrepresentation. We wouldn't say that. All right. Those people, they sung songs to their God. Should we not sing songs to our God? No, that is not the case. But here, God is clear as far as what he is talking about. Every abominable thing that he hates, they have done for their gods. They have done. These are things that God has commanded that you do not do. One of the commandments is thou shalt not kill. It's talking about murder. What is sacrificing your children doing? You're murdering them. Murdering them. It's clear as far as what God is talking about as far as how you do not worship him. This isn't talking about in the sense of Christmas, how when you have a Christmas tree and God's and because there have been there was people in the past who had a tree. And we're not even sure that the tree that I bought from the store, I'm pretty sure the tree that I bought from the store was not made by one who worshiped in the winter solstice. It was made plastic metal and it's put in my room. It's put in my house, but it is not something that was worshiped to. It's not not even close. You don't say so it's not the same. This is not what we're talking about. All right. So this is what God is talking about. God is very clear. Context matters, people. It always does. Context is key. All right. Let's look at another text. If you're not convinced by that particular text and you wasn't convinced by uh, Deuteronomy 12, um, two through six. Let's look at let's look at another verse. Let's look at another verse. All right. I want to look at Psalm 97. And these are some verses I had written down, written down. I'm pretty sure there are a lot more that we can look at. But for the sake of time, these are the ones I'm looking at tonight. All right. So Psalm 97, verse 7. It says, all worshipers, all worshipers of images are put to shame who make their boast in worthless idols. Worship him, all you gods. They make their boast and worthless idols. Guys, this is what we do when we're covetous. This is why I love what this Colossians talks about how covetousness is idolatry. We put boast in things that don't matter. We are wanting things, desiring things in such a degree that it becomes idolization. And we do it purposely. Purposefully, I should say. We do it. But here it says, all worshipers of images are put to shame. Who make their boasts and worthless idols. They make their boasts and worthless idols. 
to in order to charge someone with idolatry concerning celebrating Christmas, you would have to, and I'm not saying that this is the case. Let's look at this. In order to charge someone with celebrating Christmas, you would have to be able to say or even prove or know that they are making boasts of these things, these 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 the tree, the wreath, the gifts. Now, are there people, and I said this in a post on my own Facebook page, are there people who idolize the tree? I'm pretty sure there are. Are there people who idolize Christmas Christmas presents? I'm pretty sure every child does. I'm pretty sure every child does. I'm pretty sure that, every, that somebody idolizes just the marketing factor of Christmas, right? But that is a hard issue. Colossians talks about that. Galatians talks about that idolatry in our own hearts, all right? But that is in a person's individual's heart. And I said this on my on my Facebook page. If you if you're saying that someone is automatically committing idolatry because people have idolized those things in the past or idolized them currently, but then you must you must get rid of everything you own. You must because you are guilty by your own standard and reasoning. You are guilty of idolatry and participating in their sins. Because you possess something that someone else has idolized that they have made an idol all right but the scriptures are clear those things that people have made idols they made them to worship them and to serve them they adored them they wasn't just mere possessions all right so that's clear they make their boasts and worthless idols isaiah 220 verse 17 let's start to get some context yeah. And the haughtiness of man shall be humbled and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. And the idols shall utterly pass away and people shall enter the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth. In that day, mankind will cast away their idols of silver and their idols of gold which they made for themselves to worship to the moles and to the bats. See that guys? I want you to see that they made these things to worship. They made them for themselves. So the accusation will have to stand. If someone has bought them a Christmas tree and for the purpose of Bring it into their home in order to worship it. What happened with the, um, Israel when they had the golden calf? I had a scripture going to this. I was going to read Acts 7, 42, where, um, it, where uh, I think Peter goes into this, or somebody goes into I can't remember. But it goes into talking about um, this instance that happened. But what happened with Israel and the golden calf? They made that golden calf in order to name it Yahweh. They said that this is Yahweh who brought us out of Egypt. That's what they said concerning the calf. It was an intentional thing they did. They made that golden app, that golden calf, and they intentionally worshipped it. And they didn't just worship some other creation. They wasn't trying to attribute it to some other creation, some other angel. They attributed that golden calf to being Yahweh, God, creator of heaven and earth. All right? So I know some people have used that scripture concerning the golden calf and said, see, there were some who worshiped the calf and those who stood by who said, I'm not going to participate in that. 
Well, good for them. Praise God they didn't. They was worshiping. They was worshiping an idol. It was clear. It was clear what was going on. No question. They didn't stumble into idolatry. They purposely did it. Purposefully did it. And God made them pay for it. He judged them for it. All right. So that's that's key. That's key. I said I said I looked at Isaiah two twenty. Let's look at Isaiah forty six verse six. We're giving some scriptures tonight, guys. I want to see. I want to see, man. Let's look at it. Isaiah forty six, verse six. All right. All right. This ain't too. This ain't too deep. Let's look at. Um. Let's start at verse one. This ain't too far ahead. Um. Bell bounds down. Nebo stoops their idols. Um. So I'm sorry. Um. Isaiah forty six one. Bell bows down, Nebo stoops. Their idols are on beasts and livestock. Their things you carry are borne as burdens on weary beasts. They stoop. They bow down together. They cannot save the burden, but themselves go into captivity. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been born by, by me from before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he. And to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and will save. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be alike? Those who lavish gold from the purse and weigh out silver in the scales, hire a goldsmith and he makes it into a what? A God. He makes it into a God. Then they fall down and worship. They lift it to their shoulders. They carry it. They set it in its place and it stands there. It cannot move from its place. If one cries to it, it does not answer or save him from his trouble. Look at what's done to idols. Look at look what's done to idols. People praying to them. That's why I always ask the question. If, if, if having a Christmas tree, if that's an idol to someone, if that's automatically something that is an idol, I want to know who's praying to it. I want to know who's crying to it. There is a Christmas song that I refuse to sing in this home. There's not, that doesn't get sung, it's, and it's called Old Christmas Tree. I'm not going to sing it. But that is a song that is worship to a tree. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's a song that is worship to a tree. And it's not sung. It should not be sung by a, Christ, uh, by a Christian. All right. Because remember, there's a thing called Yuletide carols. All right. And that's what they did. Those, those songs were dedicated to idols. They were. I mean, and, and so where, where there is idol worship, we should abstain. We should flee from idolatry. That's what scripture tells us. Flee from idolatry. I don't want to sing a song and worship to an idol. But having a Christmas tree is not an idol. All of because you have one, it does not automatically make it an idol. All right? Because someone makes it one, doesn't make it an actual, doesn't make it an actual God. Once again, people idolize things all the time. And so therefore, if they're idolizing something, and therefore they sing to it, they worship it, and all of a sudden now it makes it evil for you. You should not do it. In the Old Testament, where they went to these places, these temples, and they tore down those idols. No, they did not take those idols 
and they were well, they shouldn't have some of some of them did, but they should not have taken those idols and brought them back and placed them in a place of worship to Yahweh. They they should not have done those things. It was sinful for them to do those things because those were things that was given to idols of actual worship. All right, not not just stumbling. Once again, I'm saying again, beat the dead horse. Not somebody serving out of ignorance. All right, they actually did it, and there's nowhere in scripture where I see idolatry being attributed to anyone who's ignorant. All right. Some people say people do things do things out of ignorance. I don't see a scripture, a text that says that someone is walking in idolatry out of ignorance. All right. According to the Bible, all of us are ignorant when concerning our sin because of the darkness of our hearts. Yet we're held accountable for it. But when we're in Christ, we have the spirit of truth. We have the spirit of truth dwelling inside of us. There's no Christian who is walking in idolatry and don't know it. Is no so you're not doing it out of ignorance. If you are an, if you are an, if you are a Christian and you are practicing idolatry, then I will question if you're even a Christian. How are you then serving two gods? You're not. Well, you shouldn't be. And if you are, you're not a Christian. And I know people like to put this um just want to ignore distinctions between who a true Christian is and a false Christian, but the Bible makes that distinction. The Bible makes a distinction of what a Christian is. The Bible does. And I love how the Bible doesn't, nowhere in the Bible does it say this person was a true Christian. We don't see that in the text. You don't see the text say, hey, this person was a true Christian and this person wasn't. The Bible says they weren't a Christian. They went out from us because it was evident that they weren't of us. Not that they were a false Christian, that they weren't of us. Then it says if there is a brother who is doing these things, Put him away from you. Don't even eat with him. Why? Because obviously he's not a brother. Except he repents. The Bible is clear what idolatry is. The Bible is clear what an idol is. The Bible is clear what is worship. I was going to read Daniel um, chapter 3 dealing with Nebuchadnezzar wanting them to bow down and worship his statue. Um, you know, just showing another instance where there was a, an idol made, a, a huge idol made in the form of a man and he wanted them to worship it so the point i want to make with that is people it's not just images people worship as far as um something that's made a card but people can worship themselves they can worship other human beings anything that's created people can worship anything that's created people can worship and serve and idolize and adore they can all right and that's what is evil because that breaks the first and the second commandment. That's evil in God's sight. All right. So I just want to I just want to read that. Um, I did want I did want to pull up worship, but I am out of time. I am out of time. And so um, we did look at some verses on worship. There was some more stuff I want to look up concerning worship, but we just didn't have the time to get to it today. Here, prescribed truth. We seek to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. That's what I seek to do, and um, I hope that this helped you. Um, and uh, and bless you. And if you are guilty of idolatry, if you are finding yourself idolizing um, holidays, Christmas and Easter and all these things, idolizing them, feeling like your Christmas can't just be Christmas without these things. Remember that when Christmas was first instituted, it didn't have any of these things. There wasn't a Christmas. There wasn't a Christmas tree. There wasn't presents. It wasn't any of those things. You don't need any of those things to. Give honor to him and remember his birth and remember his incarnation. You don't need them. Uh, when it comes to celebrating Christ's resurrection, you don't need the Easter bunny. You don't need the eggs. You don't need any of it. You know, it doesn't make a break what we celebrate. 
and who we worship. All right. So if you are one who do those things, please repent, repent and put your trust in Christ. Remember what Colossians three says. Their idolatry, a covetousness, sexual morality, passions, evil desires. These things are idolatry. Covetousness is idolatry. So flee from idolatry. So remember everybody, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.